1: Hey, everyone. Mike Wolf here with the Smart Home Show and Next Market Insights. You know, one of the things I wanted to do with this show when I started it was have a talk every week or two with people who are really savvy in the space about what's happening and, and analyze it. And, you know, most of, the, most of the, the shows I've done are interviews with people who are creating product or uh, kind of innovating in the space. And that's great because I think that really feeds, uh, you know, my own research. And also I think people want to hear from people who, are, who just put out the new product. Or put, coming out with an interesting product in the space. But I really wanted to do those shows where I break down what's happening in the space uh, with people who know what's going on. And, and that's what this is. This this first show with Julie Jacobson and Grant Clauser is just that. We, we kind of break down what's happening in the smart home. It's a smart home week in review. And really, I couldn't have had a better guest for this week. I mean, there's really no one who's been in this space looking at it. Uh, as deeply uh, as Julie Jacobson has for the past more than a, for the past couple decades, really. Um, so she's an old friend of mine. I've known Julie literally since the late '90s, when we were covering home networking, the connected home, which is what we're covering now. It's just the smart home. Uh, it's evolved a little bit. Things have gotten a little bit more evolved. But Julie's been covering home automation for the for 20 years at EH Publishing, which is a company she helped found. Grant Clouser is the guy who writes for their consumer facing publication called Electronic House, which I'm a fan of as well. So we break it down. This is that. If you if you like this, if you like uh, this kind of review of the news and what's happening, let me know. Email the smart home show at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail, five one five seven five eight five five six six. If you have a comment on some of the news or some interesting analysis, we may even include it in the next show. As always the show is brought to you by Next Market Insights, a smart home and connected consumer intelligence firm. Go to nextmarket.co to check us out there and get great information and intelligence on the smart home space. You can also mm-hmm. subscribe to more of these podcasts. If you want to subscribe to the Smart Home Show, just go to technology.fm. Subscribe there. You can su- subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud as well. Hey, everyone. Once again, thanks for listening. This is the first Smart Home Week in Review brought to you by the Smart Home Show. Let us know if you like it. We'll talk to you soon. Oh. Oh. I'm really excited to have Julie Jacobson and Grant Clauser with me today. Julie Jacobson, I think most people in, this, in the home automation smart home space should know who she is because she's been around forever, and we're kind of the old cranky curmudgeons in the space, Julie. I think we've known each other since the 90s, like talking about home networking, right?
2: Yeah, curmudgeon would be generous.
1: Yes, the stout war Waldorf of, of, <laughs> of home networking. And Grant Clauser, you are with uh, Electronic House, and editor at Electronic House. Yeah, hi. How you, Thank you. How you doing, Grant? And you guys are under kind of the same company eh publishing right
2: yes we are uh eh publishing uh was founded actually i co-founded it in 1994 um electronic house uh started in 1986 and it's our core uh consumer magazine and then our core trade publication uh for the people that install this stuff is ce pro
1: and i think i first bumped into you when you were doing like this this thing called like a home networking news home networking news or something did you for a while kind of go deep dive on that
2: uh, we did. That was our um, deep down stuff, and there was a three hundred dollar per year subscription. Um, we 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 do still write uh, in that kind of depth that just sometimes gets lost in in all the other stuff we write, but you'll find it in there.
1: And most of the time, I find uh, you're writing now through cepro.com, dot com, and you're covering a lot of the stuff that I really find interesting and it's and a, and a lot of the focus or the lens through which you guys look at. And we're going to dive into some of the news here in just a minute. I just want to make sure everyone knows all about you guys if they don't already. At least at CE Pro is is a lot of the professional install stuff, but also more and more and certainly some of the stuff Grand is looking at, some of the DIY stuff.
2: Yeah, and, and we write about that uh, number one because it's what the the broader public reads and we want to make sure that CE Pro is seen as uh, the leader, really at a high level in this category, uh, but we also think it's extremely important for our core readers, which are the professional installers um, that hate DIY stuff. It's important that they know what's going out there, uh, <laughs> what's going on out there, whether they're uh, decide to use it yeah. in, in their businesses or or at least how to compete against it.
1: And like these are overlapping circles now and and certainly when you say DIY, You know, and I talked to some installers myself. I was just talking to a couple guys yesterday, um, Jason Griffin, for example, he has a podcast I was on and they do a lot of stuff that goes through retail, like for example, Sonos, which really kind of is a DIY entertainment Mm -hmm. solution. So I think even a lot of stuff is bleeding into the professional install channel.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, they adjusted to Sonos and Sonos actually kept a lot of professional installers in business during the recession. Um, I know at least a few companies who said if it weren't for Sonos, I would have have lost my business. Um, And just like they adopted to Sonos, I think they also will adopt to some of these other do-it-yourself products.
1: Well, let's get into the news because I know that um, I've been enjoying reading uh, Grant's reviews of of some of the smart home hubs. And and Julie, you were on top of all this stuff all the time in terms of like the latest and greatest so I would love to get both your opinions on – and I can, let's, I'll give you mine. Let's just kind of gossip for a while on the stuff that's happened over the past couple of weeks. And I, I think I want to start off with uh, there was actually another smart home hub and, and kind of platform announced this week on the DIY side called Peak. Or at least it maybe it was leaked last week because Steve Zats, Zats, Zatz actually leaked it. So um, I've, I actually had a chance to talk with Ted, and I think you did, the guy running that smart home ventures. But what, what are your thoughts on Peak?
2: Um, (laughs) well, you know, I think no one would have thought it was particularly interesting when the news came out. Other than that, um, it was hinted that it was suggested that it was going to be sold through Best Buy and Best Buy has really done nothing in the whole renovation space for many, 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 many years, um, except for their, um, their higher end, uh, custom division Magnolia. So the only really interesting thing about this product was the Best Buy connection, which they are um, unwilling to talk about at this time. And without that, there's just not a whole lot to talk about.
1: How about you, Grant? What do you think? Looking at the specs, it has it has Wi-Fi and Zigbee in it. Um, you know, it's it's built on eye control in terms of the underlying platform. Any of your first impressions of when you see this? Is it Did it wow you? Anything that differentiates it?
0: Well, the, I guess my, my first response was what took them so long you know, for, for, for Best Buy to to be a, more aggressive in this space. But uh, my other thought is, and I, I had a conversation with a manufacturer a while ago, at, I'm forgetting which one, and I mentioned, I, I think one of the reasons so many of these things are coming out right now is, is somebody's just dumping Z-Wave and Zigbee and Wi-Fi radios on the market. And he said, yeah, basically, uh, those radios have gotten cheap and people are just throwing them into boxes and scrambling together a, an app. So we're going to see a lot more of that. And, and I I don't know how long that trend's going to last before the the better ones sort of stand out and, and the others fall away.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I had a chance to talk with Ted, I think like you did, Julie, because I wanted to ask some questions. And and like you said, they're not really kind of talking about the Best Buy specifics. So, you know, I wanted to know the footprint um, in terms of like what the actual rollout will look like and they aren't really talking about that i'm sure that's probably under contractual <laughs> agreement with best buy because they want best buy to handle that and and then most the other interesting part to me was um they actually are going with a subscription model and there's no f- freemium i guess you will like you would get with like Los Iris, where you basically can get some basic functionality for free and then pay for kind of the more premium stuff you have to pay ten dollars to really get anything out of that, and I thought that was an interesting choice, and maybe a little bit. I think it's a little bit of a risky choice for DIY. Well,
2: um, and and for the ten dollars, you really you really don't get much. You get um, only twenty um, uh, video snaps per day, fifteen second snaps per day, and forty uh, photo snaps per day, and that's all you get. Um, but I guess there, so iControl has always been for professionally installed systems, the Comcasts and, um, ADT and such. They announced a do it yourself platform that Xfinity, uh, and one of the other providers started, uh, deploying about a year ago, and that's $10 a month. And I believe, you know, I, I assume then that's where. Uh, this company, Smart Home Ventures, got that number.
0: The ten dollar uh, uh, fee issue is going to be is going to be a hard sell when you have all these other products that don't have a fee. You know the, the Piper and and Things and and Revolve. So that that's going to be a hard uh, a, a hard proposition, I think, to sell. And especially when what that ten dollars gets you, as, as Julie pointed out, and and you got to have the same thing with the Lowe's Iris. You know the the free features are very, very minimum, and the, uh, the the extras that you get for that $10, most of it, it's, it's work that the homeowner does themselves anyway. The programming, the creating, uh, uh, the rules or activities that they call magic. Uh, so it, it's a, it, asking $10 for some of these DIY stuff. Uh, that, that's going to be real complicated, uh, I think, for a lot of the companies if, if more start moving that way.
1: Yeah, and if you look at the guys who founded um, Smart Home Ventures, I mean, Ted, for example, is a cable executive. I mean, he spent a lot of time in the cable industry. So I, I see the love. I see, I can definitely see the love of subscription models kind of emanating from the company, and that's kind of why they made that choice. Um well, yeah, you're right. I mean, we look for example, and we'll talk about Wink next. But you know, look at Wink. You could get into Wink for fifty dollars for the hub, with, and it's packed, jam packed with radios. Um, the Staples uh, product built off of Zonoff. It's it's basically free. There's no subscription, so I, th- I think it is a little bit risky. And and you mentioned the, the whole uh, the video recording angle. If you look at Dropcam, I mean, you can get uh, basically a, a week's worth of full archives for I think less than for like fifty dollars a year. So uh, that's you know that's even cheaper if you look at the video side of things.
2: And that's exactly that's exactly what I'm comparing it to. Um, I mean, I, you know, I really pushed them very hard on this question, and I said that the only thing I'm seeing interesting right now is that there's a tie-in with Best Buy that we don't know anything about, and so help me understand how this product is stands out from A very crowded field, and really all they could give me was, Well, it's so much easier than everyone else's. So I asked them where everyone else's falls short, and they just said ours is easier. That's really all they could give me. Um, all the other companies, oh, and that it was based on eye control. So I think they're hanging their hat on eye control, which is a very solid platform, obviously. Um, but there's not like a story. I mean, Wink has a story. Um, certainly Rose has a story. Staple has a story. So unless Best Buy comes up with a story.
1: Yeah. Yeah, And I think the risk is if Best Buy isn't if Best Buy could be really invested or they could just say, here's one of many flavors and Mm -hmm. here's our, here's our smart home aisle. You can pick up this. It's not like, um, where I feel like home Depot is super invested in wink. I kind of feel like that's like their chosen, their golden boy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe they have second, like a second option with, with, uh, with a revolve hub, but I feel like this is kind of uh, like wink is the, the home Depot golden boy. I didn't necessarily get that feeling with this and Best Buy.
2: I, my thought is that it's that Best Buy is going to become like the, you know, Amazon has their home automation store. I have to think that this is just one of the products that they'll be selling as, you know, they happen to be selling as part of that. one of the guys was um, a Best Buy executive and has all those contacts. So um, i I just have to think it's it'll be just another thing sitting on the shelf I, I did quiz them about will there be um, demos in the store is there an investment by Best Buy will they be training their salespeople and while they um, smart home spoke of the importance of their retail um, uh, presence at Best Buy they couldn't say anything they deferred to best Buy on if you know, on how they might promote it.
1: You mentioned Amazon, so let's let's kind of turn and, and talk about uh, the Amazon reviews for Wink. Because I noticed that before you, your article came out, I thought mm-hmm. that was interesting. Because I, I I was actually talking to, by the way, this is the best name in, in the smart home industry, Chaz Flexman. Oh, that's uh, awesome! He's I the, want that name. Yeah, uh, Chaz Flexman. Uh, he's oh. the, he's the GM of of Wink. And I, I say that with all honesty. It's like the best name in, in, in smart home. Um, but, you know, they, I noticed um, before I talked to them and I asked them a, a little bit about the reviews, they were a little bit low and, you know, so, and, and you notice that sometimes when, when a product's on Amazon, they will put it under review if they get a, a number of uh, kind of low reviews. So they're on probation w- with Amazon. How serious is that, Julie? You wrote an article about it.
2: I did. And to be honest, I, um, you know, the, the article is probably a little bit unfair um, cause I don't, I don't know the nuances of what that means. So it, it was still for sale. There was just a giant box with one of those very scary exclamation points and triangles that says under review. Um, but it, it, it could have been something just very simple, like a, a misplaced comma or a logistics issue. Um, I, you know, and, and so hopefully I tiptoed around that pretty carefully, but, um, their, their wink, I, I am sure, has suffered um, no more problems than any of the of its competitors at their launch.
1: I think that I noticed, and I'm I'm just trying to recall here that um, I think some of the reviews spoke to the fact that all it didn't necessarily work with all Z Wave products, and I I think there may be some confusion about people who buy this and see that there's a Z Wave radio in there. And because I think Wink is kind of choosing, almost like to use the overused word, curating those products that work with the the Wink Hub out of the gate. So I'm just wondering if they're suffering because people, when they see Z-Wave, often think, "Well, I can basically get any Z-Wave product to work with it," and that's not the case with Wink out of the gate.
2: That uh, you are right on on that one, and I, I can tell you this: I am I am absolutely certain there's no other. Um, tech support as good as Wink and the DIY channel, uh, available 24-7. The the woman that helped me, um, because I could not enroll my um, Evolve z that's the brand, Evolve uh, Z-Wave products, which was manufactured by ACT, which was acquired by Linear. Um, And gosh darn it, if she just didn't try everything on the planet, um, to help me out. And, and some will, t- some of these hub manufacturers will tell you, you know, we've vetted these particular products. We can't speak for the others. But she was very adamant that it really should be working with all the Z Wave products. But here's, here's the problem. As I figured out, um, each Z Wave product, each Z Wave device has a different way of pairing, of opening itself to the network. So, you know, when you already have stuff installed, especially if you don't have the instructions, as it happens, this module, you press the button twice. Okay. Well, other products, I had a light bulb, and as it happens, you swipe the bulb itself with your finger. Others, you press and hold. Others, you tap seven times. Otherwise, others, you um, sing and dance a certain <laughs> song.
1: Do you spin around?
2: And, and spin and do the hokey pokey. And so... You got an and you know I happen to have on the other line a Z Wave manufacturer um, that's been doing Z Wave. Like, production. wait, wait,
1: you're like right now you have someone on hold. Uh, no, but, <laughs> okay. but I
2: could, but I, make no mistake about it. I could call right now. And get <laughs> – Would you like me to get?
1: Them? I thought you know I thought you're multitasking, Joey, because I knew you do a no, lot no, of things no. at one time. All um, right.
2: But you know, Thank he said, product. "Oh, that's this product. Yeah, that one you press twice. This one you swipe." Yeah, yeah, yeah and that's that's not a wink issue yeah. um although she was quickly able to look up a bunch of different products and and tell me but that's
0: a problem well i I wonder if uh once more z wave plus products roll out because those should uh pair up uh, uh much easier at least you know from from what I understand of how z wave plus works it it should solve some of those problems because it's better at uh, at sort of transferring its own, uh, communicating its own instructions to the hub device.
2: So, Grant, you, you've tried some of these products. What, is, what has been your Z-Wave experience with them, or have you not tried Z-Wave with them? Yeah, well, the, the,
0: the, the funny thing with, with Z-Wave, you know, as you know, all Z-Wave stuff is theoretically supposed to be compatible with each other. Um, part Sometimes the problem is that the, the interface of, of, you know, the hub device just hasn't, hasn't. they haven't written the software for locks. So maybe, yeah, well, it should work with all Z-Wave. The hub device just doesn't know what a Z-Wave lock is. So maybe it'll pair up, but then it doesn't know what to do with it. And some of those situations, uh, when you run into those, it's, you know, maybe you have recognition that a device, I've run into this before, where I'll have recognition that a device is paired, but there's no place on the app, on the interface, to, to place it, and no icon, and then no... No way to apply commands to it to link it up to activities because that's the part that's not compatible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I understand the uh, the, the new version of Z Wave should solve some of those problems, but I think we've only seen it, I think only a few of those those products have rolled out yet.
1: All right, so we've identified that Z Wave, while probably easier than Zigbee, I mean, I'm just going to say I'm going to put that out there because I think Zigbee's had even more profile more problems with their profiles. Mm-hmm. There's still some issues with like getting things to register. So, I want to ask you guys your thoughts. And I, I think Julie, you were fairly excited or maybe bullish when you saw the Thread announcement. I mean, I've been talking to a lot of folks about Thread. I, I wrote a piece, uh, a, a mini report for Gigom on it. And I feel like there's some real interest, real strong interest in Thread. And I think the master stroke for the guys. I mean, this truly was a master stroke. Is building it on top of 802.15.4. Meaning is we've all seen – you and I have been in this space for a long time. Every time a new standard kind of is rolled up, it takes like literally you know, three or four years to kind of develop the the, the physical layer and the Mac. And, but this actually is going to be out of the gate pretty fast. Although you won't see certified products until maybe middle of next year, which I, that was actually a little slower than I thought. But are you hearing the same kind of interest in Thread? And is it a threat to the Z-Wave ZigBees of the world?
2: Well, I was um... – very bullish on it when I first heard about it. I've since sort of tempered my enthusiasm um, for a couple of reasons. First of all, so Thread is um, as you mentioned um, IP over uh, 802.15.4 low power radios the same radios used by Zigbee um, and uh, Thread as well as others have created um, a mesh network on top of a um, that technology, six-low pan, which um, is not natively available. Um, and, and that's definitely the, the way to go. Now talking to a couple, several manufacturers that have tried to learn more about thread, um, I'm not so sure they have um, their, I don't know, ecosystem or their, <laughs> their, their plans cemented. I think they threw it out there and they're just kind of waiting for it. I don't think we're going to see more products um, until late 2015. And, and so why I've kind of tempered that is, well, why I was excited about it is there's this little known, in fact, I, I, I'm pre- about the only one that's ever written about it. Nest has always had an 802.15.4 radio inside it. They've never done anything with it. Um, I happened to find out um, just by asking what that radio is there for, um, that it was uh, using a technology, a proprietary technology that Nest calls Weave, which is uh six-low pan with some special sauce on top, the same special sauce that um, Thread purports to have. And so I pretty much uh, have – so Thread is Weave. Nest denied it but it it is we've I mean they did say that there's no, millions no, of devices no. out there that are thread that are already using thread so that's Nest. So you've got that base which is nice but look at the device look at the manufacturers that they partnered up with on day one. You
1: know they they had basically the biggest company that we've all identified in in that in this industry in big ass fans right? <laughs> Right.
2: Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Look, so big ass fans just entered this industry for yeah. the very first time, and they're one of three device manufacturers, in and 100.
1: and the most promiscuous technology company in the world when it comes to new standard. Samsung is it? Isn't the? Is there a standard that Samsung hasn't jumped in bed with at this point? I, I don't know. I mean, it seems well, like Samsung.
2: Sam's... No, but Samsung—that's the chip manufacturer that's teamed with them. Not even the device department. They're okay,
1: totally got it. Got it. Got it. Well, they didn't really so, clarify in the press release, so.
2: No, they did not. In fact, the very first press release came out, it said the the founders are these um, silicon makers, blah, 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 Samsung, and these device manufacturers, you know, and, three of the most right. famous in the world, big-ass fans. And yeah.
1: you know, Well, out. I mean, I think what was interesting to me is the chip story, right? Because I think what, what I found worrisome for Zigbee is, you know, you had – um, two of the big chip guys who are behind Zigbee um, as founding members of, of Thread, and then you also had a Peak, uh, uh, um, a Green Peak out of Europe. As soon as it came out, they put out a press release saying, "Hey, don't forget about us. Um, <laughs> our, 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 our Zigbee chipsets, our, our chipsets will work with Thread too." They're like, kind of waving <laughs> their hands, like so. I thought, okay, well, that's kind of worrisome if you're Zigbee, right?
2: Well, you know, and well. Going back to my story, so um, they ended up not splitting out the different categories. They okay. just listed the company alphabetically, and I did ask about that, and I'm pretty sure it's because they wanted to, every they wanted everyone to think that Samsung devices
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. were
2: involved in this. But um, uh, we, when you brought this up with Samsung, Samsung, that they're in every single protocol camp on the planet, and every announcement, this is what those big CE manufacturers do. They join every single group just to see what's going on to make sure they're left out of it. I mean, you look at LG as well. Yeah,
1: wait, 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 wait. Though I think Samsung's a worst. I mean, let's let's. I think Samsung is like maybe the worst offender in terms of like they'll come out and say they have like initiative in whatever new market, and then they'll like join every alliance. Yes, and they. Maybe and and it showed that they by buying smart things they really had nothing going in smart they had no platform in smart home even mm-hmm. though they came out and announced their smart home platform in January of CES so I I just feel like they're I mean and they're a great company don't get me wrong but I just feel like they're always trying to be early to market and they throw I, I've said this before they throw tons of spaghetti against the wall and 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 they're very promiscuous when it comes to standards
2: well they all do that. And they, I mean, I wrote a at C, just before CES of this year. I wrote a story on how many smart home uh, initiatives does LG need, and they were like, you know, twenty thousand. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and I don't think they're going anywhere with any of them.
1: Well, you we mentioned Thread and kind of how it was aligned with Google, and I I wrote an article for Forbes today. Kind of, you know, we've all kind of speculated what Apple's going to do in the smart home, and I actually started to think about. How interesting it would be if if Apple really went heavy with Bluetooth in like a next gen Apple TV and, and in particular Bluetooth Mesh because I feel like if I feel like you know if you look at the radios of the feature in the smart home I feel like it's clear that Wi Fi is not going anywhere right Wi Fi is going to stick around um, I think the the ones that are kind of the unclear most unclear like the .1.5.4 radios and the Zigbee Z Wave and Thread you know what horse wins there. You know, you, you can uh, you could put money on each camp, and maybe you wouldn't look insane. But I feel like Bluetooth actually is a long term, real long term play because it's not going anywhere. Particularly if they get to mesh, and uh, a company out of the UK, Cambridge Silicon Radio, has announced a proprietary mesh technology. I just thought, what if what if Apple came out of the gate with the next gen Apple TV with that in there, with beacon technology, and and Siri? I just felt like that would be a really strong combination, and possibly a counterweight to like the Google Thread camp right any thoughts on that am i crazy or that is that interesting
2: uh i'm going with interesting <laughs> <laughs> okay
1: maybe yeah, just, you, you, you're going mike it's your crazy rambling at this point so you're saying
2: no 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 i i, I totally agree okay. i uh, um uh, there are several new bluetooth mesh the only thing that was holding bluetooth back was uh range and there's a, a bunch of new uh, mesh networking technologies, CSR mesh and others um, that I, I think are going to put it on the home automation map.
1: What What about you, Grant? I mean, I, a, a lot of the hubs are, are now starting to roll in Bluetooth. You know, I looked a lot at the smart I don't know if you played with those, but a lot of the, the newest ones have Bluetooth as like the connection radio. Any, yeah. Like any thoughts talk- on Bluetooth? Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: I think that, I think that would be, uh, that would be an interesting move. Um, uh, Right now, it's, it's, most of these hubs are just melting pots of radios.
1: <laughs> melting pots.
0: <laughs> uh, and, there's a, you know, there's a, and it doesn't add to the user experience of going out and selecting one because you never know with, with some of them which profile to use and whatnot, which is why uh, you're seeing most of these. Uh, the bigger companies at least kind of have curated lists of devices that they're recommending or saying you can use, uh, or half of them you actually buy through them you know the staples connect store and things like that um, so you know what what radio prevails in the end i don't really care as long as uh, it makes the it makes the, the user experience of, of connecting and implementing the different activities and macros or, or or you know depends on which hub which language you're talking here but uh, as, as long as that gets ironed out and there's there's less confusion when you you have to decide well you know which contact sensor do you want to get of the you know Five hundred contact sensors that, that may possibly work. May possibly work, I should say. At least that's that's an edge that something like you know Lowe's has. You go into the Lowe's store and you see the iris rack It's getting smaller every month, it seems. But at least you know it's everything there, so to speak.
2: Well, Grant, you just recently reviewed the very, very, very basic um, Insteon kit, and so there's it was very basic, but there's mm-hmm. something to be said about a system that only works with that system's devices.
0: Yeah, well, actually, what I think holds that system back is its uh, is is the interface, uh, the the app. The platform doesn't allow you to do a whole lot. Now they have a another version of the interface that uh, of the, the software that you program through your computer rather than through the you know, your app on your iPad or your phone. Um, not the hub. It's, I forget what the name of the other one was, um, but the the hub, which I, I guess is their new big product, they launched late last year sometime. Um, the the activities and the you know the the actual automation part of it was a little disappointing but that's because of their software not the devices the linking up devices that worked brilliantly and as you say um, uh, narrowing down the choices of you have to get insteon stuff simplifies the simplifies the selection and it, it does make that part of the process easy.
1: I'm glad you mentioned insteon because you know they had actually a piece of news this past week. And it made me a little bit sad that that because uh, I've I've always kind of been rooting for Radio Shack with the oh, announcement. Yeah. They, they announced that they're going to be part of Radio Shack's kind of new like initiative and smart home. And I think like a week or two ago, wasn't there like an announcement that Radio Shack is basically going into bank? I mean, it seems like they're on the precipice of basically going out of business. So I, it was both good and bad news for Insteon. <laughs> oh. uh, so you know, it's like I felt a little bit sad, but but they've been trying hard. They also had the Microsoft deal. Mm-hmm. They announced that a few sure. months ago. They're in Microsoft store. So. They're definitely getting out there.
0: Well, the the Instaon remote control cars are going to be really cool. Yeah, awesome.
1: That would and be awesome.
2: But it, you know, it, maybe if uh, you know, and I was probably pretty harsh on Wink, but maybe if they just stick to the, don't try to be compatible with every Z way, you know, just because you have the radio, um, and, and just uh, it's not that much of a burden to say, hey. Pick among these uh, twenty-five products. That's there's plenty of products,
0: but they know will work. I almost wonder if it, if it confuses the the consumer too much when the the manufacturer talks about the radio aspect of their product. True. If they're going to, they're going to limit uh, the products that they that are that are compatible, then don't even don't even promote that's you know there's Z Wave or z one. That way you mm-hmm. don't have people going on to Amazon just looking for any old Z. Uh, product.
2: It, that's a great point. Um, the the techies will find out and they'll deal with it, but the other ninety percent just want to know stuff. Is you know they'll just buy it all at once.
1: Yeah, us nerds are going to ask anyway. But. Yeah. yeah. But here's the here's the scenario I'm envisioning. Like like when you get out of like the people who really know anything about the smart home, like who are just like, hey, I heard that I, I can get my lights to turn on with the, with my phone, and and then they. They buy a light from Home Depot, but then they have their hub from Lowe's, <laughs> you know, that is a Wink hub. Like the nightmare scenario is like stuff not working together. And I th- I feel like the industry, at least it's some people, the smart people know this. So I feel like th- – so I've kind of been like kind of coalescing around this idea that at least at the very end of the, of the smart home network, the endpoints need to interoperate with any hub. It's like kind of the – you know, there's going to be a lot of different hubs with a little bit special sauce, and they have their apps. But I feel like if you're like making light bulbs, you got to work with everything.
2: Oh yes, that manufacturer does. But um, but if the software is not written um, by the by the hub manufacturer to understand what a light bulb is, then it's not going to work.
1: I'd be interested to hear your uh, you talk a little bit about the article you wrote um, where you 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 talk about how Savant, which is a, a pretty high end player in the uh, kind of the system and solar space, is looking to go de- uh, looking to go IPO potentially. What are your where did you get that? And I think part of <laughs> I think part of what they're doing though, I mean, I think it what I got out of that is like they're riding the momentum that's in the broader consumer and the DIY side in terms of like it's getting really popular, and maybe this they think this is their moment to do it. Well,
2: you know, I have to, uh, clarify that and, and, um, and not to promote my stuff, but just to give you, give some your, uh, listeners some, some more background. They yeah, should yeah. go to, um, CEPro.com and look for Savant IPO. Um, we have no evidence, no solid evidence whatsoever, um, that they are going, uh, to go public. Um, I, I just have put a ton of pieces together and it seems to me, um, that they are and i, I won't sh- examine all that um, evidence, but it would be yes, so they came to the market with a very high end system um for professionally and in- for professional installers. Um, I assume your listeners are familiar with Questron, so it would have been it's it's in that ballpark, and they've always stayed at the very high end of the market um, until a couple years ago they've started to go a little. Um, down market, and then one year ago, they really were pushing Internet of Th- you know, pushing the buzzwords and coming down in price. Now they have a hub that uh, retails. Of course, you can't buy it at retail, but MSRP is uh, seven or eight hundred dollars. Um, and let's just let's just have some fun and say, what would a company? How how would a company like that fare? um in an IPO and um the, the the only analogy we can look at is Control4 which went public last year uh revenues of 109 million um not profitable uh, not terribly unprofitable but never profitable um and they ended up uh on the first day with a 500 million dollar valuation um if you estimate that uh, Savant is about at that point 110 million, and this is just no evidence. Again, just people yapping. Um, would it be would would this whole wave of DIY stuff help them or hurt them? And that's that's the big question. So on one side, it gives them momentum. I mean, when Nest was acquired for an obscene valuation, um, Control4 stock jumped off the charts. In um, every event like that, Control 4 does well. Um, so that maybe suggests that this DIY uh, crazy valuation syndrome could help Savant. Um, on the other hand, there's so much DIY, so much more than when Control 4 went public, that you wonder if investors think there's no reason prof- for professionally installed Systems. I don't happen to believe that's the case, but that was a fight a long time ago. And now that fight's just going to get a lot harder.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, I, you know more about Savant than I do. I mean, I think it's interesting that they hired a guy that used to run Barnes and Noble, who's obviously a guy who ran a public company. And they also, looks like they kind of de-emphasized their commercial side, which, which I think is an interesting choice. If you're going to go public, I I feel like you should have like more divisions now than just like kind of focus on one sector, because it like it's, it, you know, allows yourself to be kind of withstand cycles and like heavily relying on the consumer market. So it, it's interesting that like they have kind of narrowed their focus as they may be looking to do some sort of exit.
2: Oh, I, I think an equity event of some sort is definitely in the offing. And I, I, I will disagree with you on that point. I think that de emphasizing commercial is. Um, probably a good idea. It's just not cool. And they want to be, they want the world to at least think that they are the smart home company. Um, And at, at one point last year, they said they want to be 50% commercial, 50% um, residential. And I, I don't know that that resonates with would-be investors.
1: Yeah, I know. I've been on enough calls with like Wall Street analysts and they start to ask about, you know, lines of business. And I know it feels like if, if they're just kind of uh, Rewind on one narrow market that could hurt them. But you may be right They're if they're riding the buzz, but uh, good luck with that being like the smart home company. So I think there's like a hundred companies want to be the smart home company.
2: Exactly. <laughs> and so I'll tell you if they're looking to to be worth uh 10 X revenues, um, that would be a long stretch. And I'm sure they're looking, you know, at least drop cam valuations. <laughs>
1: This has been great. Any other kind of pieces that you guys have been working on that you want to call out or any other pieces of news that you've been writing about, Julie, uh, and any other reviews, Grant, that you've been uh, – you you're doing. First, Julie, what any other news that you've been writing about that you want to call out and, and mention to our listeners? I've
2: got, I've got no news. Whatsoever. you got no news? <laughs> I've got no news. Whatsoever.
1: All right. I, I made sure I mentioned at least a couple of your articles. So. No. But everyone, uh, everyone needs to go to com. but it sounds like you may have something.
2: Oh, no. I, I really – I'm into these single-purpose devices. Um like dropcam like nest um, hubs just uh you know they're going to be money losers they, 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 what's a hub um so i like this new company called nucleus which has uh really the first rich two way video intercom system um that i've ever seen um i i like the whole concept of piper um, couldn't get it on my network but um well, i like touched.
0: that one a lot yeah you did
2: good. yeah so things huh. that, things that you you can stick a you can, um, you know doesn't look like a hub, but people buy it for the camera, and then, oh oh by the way, here's some other things you can do, and I think that's that's the way to get the valuations. Number one,
1: that's
0: the way to get into the homes.
1: Grant, sounds like you've toyed with the the Piper. Did you did you actually try that out?
0: Yeah yeah, I reviewed that. I've you know most of the the new. DIY kind of stuff I've, I've had here. I've, I've got a Kivo lock now that I'm um, playing with these days. And, and the Piper was really neat because the, the reason that, that Julie said is is you buy it because it's actually a very decent uh, security camera. Um, you know, easy to set up. You know, easy for me. Maybe, um, you know, so it depends on your network. You know, mine is connected right away. Um, and it's got a, a, an interface that allows, you know, creating these rules or activities uh, and connecting devices if you want to add on to it and that that's i think it's the it, it's the model of you you buy it because it does something immediately and then as you learn that oh well i can attach a, a motion detector on it so uh, and a, a light switch somewhere else and eventually you've got 50 devices in the home um you know will continue to support those you know i don't know uh, but it, it it was a pretty neat device um and what i what i like about the best of the these DIY devices, the, the ones that write their software and write their app really well is that they walk the consumer through the, the process of creating rules and activities and, and making them seem useful. And, and the worst ones don't do that. They, they make it you know very clunky like a 1990s you know, TV menu and, and <laughs> you know, make it for people who, who know what they're doing, but the audience isn't people who know what they're doing. It's people who, who, who are figuring this out.
1: Yep, I think you guys are right that the, the concept of the Trojan horse lives and I think that's what nest is it's really kind of a you know a great smart thermostat but like they had bigger plans and that are becoming clear now but uh, yeah I think it's just easier for consumers to understand what hey this is a camera uh, I know what a camera does I can watch my dog hey this is a thermostat rather than like uh, and that's gonna be that's the challenge for like the revolves of the world um, you know this is a smart home hub uh, to connect all your smart home products in it and people go what what is it what does that mean i don't get it so mm-hmm. um, well,
0: that value proposition of a hub or a professional system is is having one app to run all those things whereas you know, if you look at my phone i've got 100 apps for all the you know different little devices uh you know if i want to turn on the the hue lights i've got to open up something else if i want to unlock the door i've got to open up something else and and the the promise of, of the hubs is integrating that and then even better, as we all know, is the promise of, is of the, the professional program system can you just do you know, percentages more.
1: Yep. Until we're in the HomeKit world where Apple rules, you can just, uh, you can have like a master app without a hub. So we'll see about uh, that. I mean, that's kind of where Wink is right now, right? I mean, like half of the Wink apps, half of the Wink devices, you don't need a hub for it because they're Wi-Fi. But um, I think that's kind of Apple's vision. They want to get rid of the hub. And if, if they do, they might put in the Apple TV, as I wrote today, but we'll see.
2: Yeah, that's the way we're going is cloud to cloud communication. So it's a lot easier for a device manufacturer to hook up with any good. There's a good couple dozen great companies that'll get you into the cloud for, you know, in, in a month or two. And once you're up there, then the clouds can talk to themselves. Um, and so it'll be all about the software and we won't, we don't, we won't need no stinking hubs.
1: No sticking hubs. Hey, well, thanks. Uh, those are famous last words from Julie, and uh, I we appreciate. Don't no we don't need no stinking hubs. We don't need no stinking hubs. Thanks, guys, for spending time. Everyone, want to check this- Check your guys' stuff out. They should go to cepro.com.
2: Uh, and for grantelectronichouse.com. All yeah.
1: right, thanks, guys. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Michael.